0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today at home here at Rethink Life Church. And I'm joined by some of our team. And team, would you give those that are watching us today a round of applause and welcome them into our experience. As always, it's an honor to have uh, this time with you. And uh, now would be a perfect opportunity to click those share buttons and uh, share the hope to those that desperately need a word from God today. And speaking of that, we'd love to hear from you. We wanna know, today is actually day 15 of a 30-day prayer dare journey that we have been upon. And I'd love to hear what God is doing in your life, how he's answering prayer, and maybe even prayer requests that you currently have. And all you have to do is text that number there on the screen, and uh, that'll shoot you a little form, and you can fill it out and send that back to us. We want to stand with you in prayer because we believe there's power in prayer. God is on the move; He's doing great things, and we want to hear uh, as it relates to what God is doing in and through your life. Well, today I just want to dive into the message, if that's okay with everybody. And I need all the help and support I can get. Okay, so shoot me some fire emojis. Me, give me some of those little hands up. Give me, give me some of those prayers. You know. I'm saying? Give me some little fist pump. So man, let's engage and let's have fun with this. But I really believe that God's put a word on my heart specifically for you today. And I want to begin by asking you a very personal question. I think all of us are going to be able to relate to this. And here's the first question. The first question is this, are you facing any problems in your life? Hello. I am. Come on. Can I I get a witness? I mean, listen, it doesn't have to be a big problem. It could be a little problem. You know, like somebody's tire got blown out. You know what I'm saying? I know somebody just told me about that problem. But here's the thing. We all have problems, right? So here's another question I have. Okay, you ready for this? Do you have any major decisions you're in the process of trying to make? Again, hello, I got one of those too. We all have decisions that we're in the process of trying to make. And whether they're big decisions or small decisions, at the end of the day, sometimes we're standing in the fork of the road and we're trying to figure out, God, what is it that you would have me to do? Well, with that in mind, Today, I believe that one of the things that we're going to learn is we're going to learn how to get guidance from God when it comes to solving some of those problems and, and really getting direction when it comes to the decisions that we need to make in our lives. But I, want to re- I also want to follow all this up with another question, that is, what are you doing about the decisions and the problems that you're facing? You see that's why we are actually in this 30-day prayer dare challenge because what we're doing is we're actually circling our our biggest dreams and our greatest fears because we all have challenges, we have problems, we all have decisions that we need to make. But here's the thing. You see prayer can either be our first response or it can be our last resort. Yeah. I like what Corey Tin Boone once said. She said, Is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? (laughs) And I think for a lot of us, you know, we kind of see prayer as a last resort or a spare tire in our life rather than it being the single most important go to area of our life as far as prioritizing our needs, our problems, you know, our decisions, and really taking those before God. So at the end of the day, Faith, the Bible teaches us, is really the key that unlocks the door to receiving prayers, or excuse me, I should say, answers to the prayers in our lives. And so, you know, if you're anything like me, sometimes the problems can be so daunting or the decisions can be so challenging when it comes to really just knowing that we're actually making the right decision, that sometimes we can feel a little overwhelmed and even somewhat intimidated by the magnitude of those things that we're facing. So the question is, how can you get faith in moments or in seasons or times in your life when you're faced with faithless type situations? You know what I'm saying? And so here's the thing that we have to understand. In fact, we're gonna unpack this one verse of scripture and I I highly encourage you to highlight this, circle this, underline this in your Bible, but it's found in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, and the Apostle Paul is saying these words to you and to me. Consequently, he says, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through, and here's the key, the Word of Christ. So here's what I want you to understand when it actually says in that phrase, the word of Christ, that word is actually defined in Greek as the word rhema. Now, what's interesting about this particular Greek word is that when you think about the rhema, the word of God, which we're going to learn more about here in just a moment, it is a specific word that God gives to us. So here's the key. If you want to know more about how to get faith how to have more confidence in your life well the key of the solution is to get more acquainted to become more knowledgeable to have a greater and deeper understanding of the word of god because the more of the word of god you know the more it grows and strengthens your faith now on the opposite end of that is also true the less you know about the word of god the more weak or perhaps the more um, intimidated sometimes you might feel when it comes to faith issues in your life. And the reason why is because maybe you don't have the confidence or the knowledge or the understanding about the Word of God. So the key is knowing the word of God because the know, and the more you get to know the word of God, the more you're gonna understand the will of God in your life. Amen. And so the key to knowing God's will is getting to know God's word. And so with that, here's what I want you to understand. The word of God is something specific that God wants to say to you and to me. That's what the Bible is. It's God's love letter to us. It's God's revelation to you and to me. And that's the reason why it's so important that we gather with others and we actually attend church. So kudos to you. Give yourself your own little fire emoji for watching the service today and attending church online at home because you are positioning yourself to receive the rhema, to receive the word of God, to hear what God has to say to you. So with that, you need to understand that there's a reason, there's a purpose for us going to church. There's a reason and a purpose for us being around the Word of God and being under the Word of God and positioning ourselves to hear and to receive the Word of God. But that's also another reason why it's so important that we surround ourselves with other people in the context of small groups. We call them life groups here at Rethink Life. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna give a little shameless plug right now because we're getting ready to launch our life group season in the month of September. We are so stoked about it. As a matter of fact, tonight, I just wanna invite you, if you, hey, if you call Rethink Life uh, Church your church home, or maybe you've been watching us and you think, man, I need a, I need a church family like, like this church is all about, well, join us tonight. We're actually having a Zoom call. And I'm going to be addressing, I'm going to be talking about vision. I'm going to talk about uh, where God is leading us to go this fall. And we're actually going to have a small group training, what we call a life group training immediately afterwards. And so if this is an area of interest that you have to learn more about our church, to learn more about how you can connect with a church family, how you can connect in a small group, how you can host a group, well, join us tonight. All you got to do is go to our website at RethinkLife.com, click on the heart and soul button, because that's what we're doing. We're gathering with the heart and the soul of God's people tonight, and it's going to be Zoom style. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to share it that time with you. Yeah. So with all that said, it's important that we get under the Word of God and we surround ourselves with God's people yes. in small groups so that we can hear and learn about the Word of God through one another. Yeah. So with that... Here's the thing that I want you to understand. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And one of the keys that I think is so vitally important for us to understand about the, those 7,000 promises in God's Word is that there is a promise for every need, for every decision, and every problem that you could ever face in your life. And the thing that maybe you, uh, you may be saying to yourself, or maybe even wondering, is that, well, hey, I get that, and I can appreciate that, but you know, I've read the Bible, and I've actually prayed about certain things, but nothing has actually ever happened. Well, here's the thing I want you to understand. I believe what happens sometimes is that, you know, what happens is that some people have what they believe is faith, because, as the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I think what trips a lot of people up is when they hear, for example, when Jesus said, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so people will say, Well, God, I've done that. I've asked for specific things using your name. And hello, it it fell on deaf ears. Nothing happened. The door didn't open. If anything, the door shut. Or, you know, this situation didn't happen or that situation did happen that was unexpected. And so what happens a lot of times, they're questioning themselves and they're wondering, did I miss God? Did I, maybe did I, did I claim the wrong (laughs) Bible promise? Or is that Bible promise still true today? And so, I think there's a lot of confusion. I think there's a lot of misconceptions, a, mis- a lot of misunderstandings when it comes to understanding the promises of God. So here's what I think will be very helpful for you to understand today. In fact, you if you have something to write with, you may just want to jot these two things down because God speaks to us in two specific ways. Number one, when often we hear the Word of God, sometimes what we're doing is we're actually hearing what is referred to as the Logos. That's the Logos part of God's Word. Now, what is the Logos? Well, that is a universal truth in the Bible. For example, you take the Ten Commandments. What are those? Those are principles. That's the logos of God's Word that is true, but not just true, but they are applicable for everyone at all times, at all places. It's a universal truth. Those are universal principles that God has given to us. You take other passages of, of Scripture, for example, like Jesus when He taught His disciples there on the Sermon on the Mount. Well, those biblical truths and principles through the Sermon of the Mount are applicable to all aspects of life. They're universal. Those are the logos, words of God. Psalm 23 is another passage of scripture that many of us are familiar with, where David talked about walking through the valley, the shadow, that the, 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 uh, the valley of the shadow of death. Well, that passage of scripture, once again in the book of Psalms, is applicable to all of our lives because that is the logos, that is the universal truth of God's word for you and for me. But then there's another form of God's word to us, and that is what is often referred to as the rhema, which is what we talked about a few moments ago, applied there in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And what is a rhema? A rhema is a very specific, personal word that is given to someone like you and me. In other words, we cannot claim a promise that God meant for someone else because, you see, God gave them a rhema that was very personal and direct and very specific to that individual's life or their situation or their problems or circumstances. So, therefore, what we have to do is we have to position ourselves so that when we receive a promise, a rhema from God, it is something that God is specifically saying to us that is unique to our circumstances, and it is a promise that He is revealing to us through His rhema, through His personal word that applies to our prayer. So with that, let me give you an example. You Remember Abraham and Sarah. Well, here is Abraham, and here is Sarah. Uh, As you can recall, if you have ever read in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, in fact, in Genesis chapter 17 and Genesis chapter 18, you have the whole story about when God specifically appeared to Abraham, and then he appeared to Sarah. And keep in mind, Sarah was 90 years of age. Abraham was 99 years of age. And here, you know, God just suddenly kind of lets... Let's uh, Abraham in on a little secret. Say, hey, yo, Abraham, your woman's getting ready to have a baby. And he's like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> God, have you forgotten? Like, uh, man, you talk about little a little, um, you know, like way, way past the curve here. I'm 99 years old. My, and by the way, my wife, she's not so young either. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's kind of like, I lost my mojo. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't have the swag anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so here, Abraham is like, God, what are you saying? But that was a rhema, a very specific word that God gave not only to Abraham, but specifically even to Sarah. In fact, Sarah, the Bible says, even laughed at the thought that God said that she was going to give birth. And so God made a promise to Abraham that I'm going to make you a father of many nations and your, your wife is going to conceive and she's going to have a son and his name is going to be called Isaac. You see, that was a very specific word. It was a rhema that was directed to Abraham, to Sarah, specifically from God. Give you another example. In the New Testament, you remember Peter, when Peter and the disciples were out on the boat and all of a sudden the storm, you know, just suddenly came upon the waters and then Jesus kind of like appears out of nowhere and they were freaking out. You know, they thought it was a ghost. You know, they're like, man, what in the world? They were scared because they thought they were going to lose their lives. And then Peter suddenly realizes that he, he he sees he what he thought was a ghost, but then he realizes the fact that it's Jesus walking on the water. And what did Jesus, excuse me, what did Peter say to Jesus? He, says, he said, Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to come out and I'll come. And what did Jesus do. Jesus gave him a rhema. He said, come. And notice Peter in that moment got out of the boat. And what did he begin to do? He began to walk on water. Well, I can claim that promise all day long about Walking on water, and I promise you, I can go out on my swimming pool, I can go out to the nearest lake, and I probably will not be able to walk on water. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because that was a specific rhema that God gave to Peter. And notice there were not any other disciples that got out of the boat and walked on the water either. Why? Because that rhema was not given to them, it was specifically directed to. Peter. So with that in mind, those are two examples of what is referred to as the rhema of the Word of God. It's very specific, it's personal, and it's directed to us individuals. So with that, in order to understand how prayer works, we have to understand that God speaks to us in one of two ways. He either speaks to us in general terms or He speaks to us in a very personal and a very direct way through a rhema that he gives to us. So how do we hear God speak to us? How do we actually position ourselves to receive a rhema from God? Well, here's what I want you to understand. Now, this is so important because we cannot manipulate the word of God. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God will speak to us very specifically through his word. In fact, the Holy Spirit actually has a job description, and His job description is actually spelled out in two verses of Scripture. One of those is found in John 14, verse 26, and here's what it says. "'But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name,' Jesus said, notice, "'will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you.'" Mm-hmm. And then the next verse is found in John 16, verse 13. And that is, Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, notice, he will guide you into all truth. So, what is the Holy Spirit's role or responsibility in your life, in mine? Well, it's found in those two verses, and that is to teach us to remind us, and to guide us into all truth. Yeah. So therefore, when the Spirit of God is speaking to us, what is He doing? He is giving us a Rama yeah. that is very specific to us, that's teaching us, that's guiding us, and reminding us of what it is that He is asking us to do. Amen. Let me give you an example. I can't tell you how many times I've been speaking in church, and somebody would come up to me, and here I am giving the word that's applicable to everybody. So everybody's receiving the logos of God's word. It's the universal truth and principles that applies to everyone. But on occasion, somebody will come up to me and they'll say, Pastor, I just want you to know that God used today's message to specifically speak to my heart. And what do they say? I received a rhema today. So here's the thing, you know, I think at times we often confuse the universal truth with the specific word that God has for you and for me in the form of a rhema. And with that in mind, I think it's important that sometimes even God can use other people sometimes to speak a rhema into our lives. I can't tell you how many times God has spoken to me through something that I'm reading and I might, uh, our family, or we're all in a group text. And so my wife, Michelle, and our kids. And so, you know, there may be something that I share in the form of a group text that I just believe, hey, here's a rhema that God has given to me to share with you. Michelle, sometimes she'll shoot me a text message of a verse of scripture that God's put in her heart. She said, this is something that God just really impressed upon me today. And I think God will use His rhema to speak to us. and here's the key. The key is is that there's power and proximity. Yeah. So when we get into the close presence of the Word of God, what does James say? When we come near to Him, what will God do? He will come near to us. So there's power and proximity. And so we're in, when we're in the Word of God, and we are positioning ourselves by being in the presence of God. Why? There's power in proximity. What does God do? God uses His Word. He uses not only His Logos, but He uses His Rhema at times to reveal specific promises through His Word to our unique situations and circumstances. So, with that, here's the thing that I want you to understand. And that is, how do you know? How do you know when God is giving you a leading? How do you know when God is giving you an an impression, so to speak, where you actually feel like this is a rhema from God? Well, there are two things that you can use, okay? One of those, number one is this, listen, whatever that rhema or whatever that promise is that you are sensing a leading from, it will always be in alignment. It will always agree with the word of God. So if you ever think you're hearing something, okay, that is contradictory to the Word of God, it might, it might be that maybe you just ate a really bad pizza the night before. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so so you better make sure that whatever you think you're hearing actually is in alignment with the Word of God. And then number two, and I think this is so important, when you're reading the Word of God, how you can often know that it actually is a rhema that God is using to speak to your heart is the Word of God suddenly becomes alive to you, in other words, it just takes on new meaning. It's almost as like it just jumps off the page and into your heart because in that moment, it's like, yes, God, I receive this. God is speaking to me about whatever it is that I'm seeking His wisdom for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like this: I can go, to, I, can, I can go into a situation, for example, when I'm speaking like this, and I can say all to all of you. Okay, that are watching, to everybody here that's in this room, I can say to all of you, okay, that I love you very, very much, which by the way, I do, okay? (laughs) However, my wife, okay, of nearly 30 years over here, to my right and to your left, if I look at her and I actually can go to her and I can whisper these words, I love you, into her ear, Come on now, that's, that, give me some fire emojis on that. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, come on, let's get those little, come on, let's get it going here. Let's get that praise hands going. You know what I'm saying? What does that do? What does that do? What that does is that is a, that is a personal message that's directed to her. It It means something different. Why? Because we're married. We've been together for nearly 29 years. Those words, I love you, come to life. Why? Because it is something direct. It's something meaningful, something specific that she and I share. And that's the difference between a rama and the logos. Yes, I love all of you, but I'm telling you, we got something a little different going on over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I just want to make that clear, okay? So there is a distinction between the universal general, okay, words of God, okay, the logos versus the specific direct personal rhema from God to each and every one of you. So with all that said, I can very, uh, as though it was yesterday, I I can remember very clearly on April 22nd, 1984, okay, when I was 18 years of age, I heard a rhema from God. I was sitting in the very back of a church one night, and my oldest brother was sharing his personal testimony of how Jesus changed his life. And I'll never forget that night, specifically, I heard God speak to me and say, Rodney, you need what he's got. And that night, I'll never forget, on the back seat of 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 that small church in Fort Worth, Texas, I literally stood up, and I like to say it this way, I left my seat and I left my sin. And I walked out into the aisle and I went forward and I, I actually got my brother's attention. And right there in front of the whole church in the microphone, my brother got his Bible and he led me to Jesus Christ. Yes. And that night literally and radically changed my life. You know what? It was a rhema. God spoke to me. His voice, His word came alive. And it changed my heart and changed my life forever. So with that, here's what I want to share with you. There are four things that I think will help you today as you're facing these big decisions, as you're trying to overcome some of the big challenges or setbacks or problems in your life, I think this will help you as you begin to get God's, and specifically the Holy Spirit's guidance, His His leading, His wisdom in these ways. So if you're taking notes, First and foremost is this, we have to, once again, we have to position ourselves in these ways. We have to confess and we have to commit. So the first thing we need to do is we need to confess and commit. First John 1.9 says it this way, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So it's like we learn in our first memory verse in this 30-day Prayer dare journey. Remember that first memory verse? Psalm fifty one, ten was it said. David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what we need to do. We need to position ourselves by simply coming clean before God, confessing whatever wrong attitude, whatever wrong spirit, whatever sin, whatever issues of our past. Listen, we got to just make wrongs right before God. We got to humbly confess our sin to God. And then once you do that, then we have to commit our decisions, commit those problems, commit those fears, commit those uncertainties, commit our questions, commit it all to Christ Jesus, and put ourselves in a place of neutrality to where we're basically saying, God, here I am I am making myself available to receive whatever it is that you want to say yeah. to my life. I love what Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Notice, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. and He's the one who will keep you on track. I love that. So good. So the second thing we have to do is we not only need to confess and we have to commit, but this, the second thing we need to do is we need to say, God, I'm going to compare. So we have to compare and we have to confirm. So God, I'm going to c- compare my desires with Your desires, and I'm con- I'm going to confirm my will with Your will. And so here's the thing: sometimes we we um, we pray and we sometimes will question, Am I even? praying the right thing. In other words, are the desires that I have, are they actually the right desires? How do I even know if they're the, the right desires? And here's what this scripture says. I love this in Philippians 2, 13. Paul says it this way, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So how do you know if those desires are actually God's desires? How do you know if you're If your will, so to speak, is in alignment with God's will, I think one of the ways is simply by time. In other words, the longer you are maybe going through the season that you're in, sometimes here's what God will do. God will take the time, that incubation period of your life, and he'll either intensify those desires or sometimes he may actually remove those desires from your heart and your life. You know, one of the things I shared a couple of weeks ago is that, man, through our vision and our desire, when we planted this church 20 years ago, I knew that God was calling us to have a place called home here in the area of Lake Nona, that one day we would have land. We've been on a big journey. You know, if anything, it would probably cause most pastors and church planners. They would probably cause most of them frustration and disappointment and disillusionment to the point they throw in the towel and walk away So I must have missed God. I'm here to tell you the desires of 20 years have intensified in my life. There's never been a more urgent, burning desire in my life than right now, after 20 years believing that God is going to make good on the promise that He gave us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 20 years ago on an airplane, when I saw what it was that God was calling me to. So I just believe, listen, God will confirm. As we commit those things, we have to compare our desires with God's desires. Real quick, I want to give you this. In James 3.17, here's how you can know if your desires are in alignment with God's desires. Eight specific tests that James tells us to put into action here. In verse 17 in James 3, he said, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, number one, pure, then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, And good fruit, impartial and sincere. So those are eight virtues, if you will, that are in alignment with what it is that God wills for your life and for mine. So we have to compare and we have to confirm. Number three is we have to pray, we have to wait, and we have to listen. Okay? And this is very hard for some of us to do. So here's what here's what you don't want to do, okay? You don't want to take your Bible and just open it up, kind of close your eyes and just kind of like, you know, okay, God speak to me and just kind of let your finger kind of land on whatever page, you know, you open up, open up the Bible to. You heard the guy who did that one time. He actually did that. And here's what happened. The very first scripture he went to when his finger hit the page of the Bible was this, was this scripture verse. Judas, Judas went out and hung himself, freaked him out. He said, oh my goodness, surely that can't be what God's leading me to do. So he turned the next page, and all of a sudden he kind of like, okay, God speak to me. And all of a sudden, here's the second verse that suddenly jumped out of go thou and do likewise. He said, no, 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 God, surely this can't be. So he's like freaking out. And so randomly he let his finger drop on the next page when he opened it up to some random verse. And then it landed on the verse that said, whatever thou doest, do quickly. So anyway, you don't want to do that, okay? So make sure you position yourself. Again, there's power in proximity. And in this microwave, instant gratification, instant messaging, you know, I want it now world, culture, and society in which we live in, most of us, we don't like waiting on God. But we have to do that. That's why Psalm 46, verse 10 says, God says, be still and know that I am God. So how does God speak to us? He speaks to us. He gives us a rhema. And sometimes it's through reading the Bible. Maybe it's through other people, maybe through a spoken message like today. Maybe through circumstances in your life that God uses to give you a wake-up call and say, this is what, I'm using this for these purposes. So we have to position ourselves so that we can test those things and make sure that we pray, we wait, and we listen. And the last thing I'll close with this, and that is we have to receive it and we have to run with it. So let me recap. We have to confess and commit. We have to compare, compare and confirm. We have to pray, wait, and listen. And we have to receive it, and we got to run with it. In other words, when we receive that rhema, let's receive it, and then let's act on it in faith. Why? Because in Mark 11:24 24, it says this way. It says it this way. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So just like Peter, when he heard the word come, that rhema from Jesus, what did he do? He acted upon it. He didn't, listen, he wasn't walking by sight. No, he stepped out of the boat and he walked on faith. And as a result, he walked on water. Don't get paralysis by analysis. Walk by faith and not by sight. So with that, how do we receive a rhema? We unlock okay, the answers to prayer through God's word when we receive the Rhema from God's Word. Okay. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so today I just want to encourage you to stand on the promises of God. Position yourself so that you can hear, receive what it is specifically that God wants to say through His Word to your heart to confirm what it is that God is leading you to do, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for your life and for mine. I want to invite you, if you would, right now, just to bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you might be in your home. Maybe you're with some friends, your family. Would you do me a favor and would you join me in prayer? And I just believe that in this moment right here, right now, maybe you're watching this, and maybe God has specifically spoken to you about something today. You've received a rhema from the word of God through this message that God is leading you, maybe through the Holy Spirit. He's confirming some things. He's guiding you in a new direction that maybe you're just really sensing today. God's impressing it upon your heart that this is what your next step is. And Whatever that is today, would you be willing to trust the Lord with all of your heart? Would you be willing to go all in with him? Would you be willing to increase your faith and get out of the boat today and begin to activate that faith? For some of you, maybe your story is a little bit like mine. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing him personally. And maybe today the rhema, that still small voice, that specific, that specific word that you're hearing today is to come home. It's to come into a right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And you know, today you can do what I did on April 22nd, 1984. You can put your faith and your trust in Jesus and invite him to be your Lord and Savior. And if that's your need, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And today, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. Today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life and saving my soul. Now, if you just prayed that prayer just, just then, would you do me a favor? Just look at me. I just want you to know you just made life's greatest decision. And I just want to say, welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. Come on, team. Yeah. Let's give them a round of applause and welcome them into the spiritual family that God has for them. And we want you to know, hey, we're listen. we would be honored to come alongside and help you in this new faith journey. And like I said, we want to know. We want to know what God's doing in your heart. So text that number there on the screen. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. Just say, hey, I decided. And we'll shoot you a little booklet that will be a great source of help and encouragement to your newfound faith. Hey, I want you to know I love you, and I'm so honored to be able to share this moment with you. And I believe with all of my heart. Hey, the best is still yet to come in your life. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing,